In a world that's moving at a fast pace and the use of social media on the rise, with billions of content to consume, it's almost impossible to keep up with what we value the most in life. Hi guys, my name is Olivia Tutu, the host of Unscripted with Lead, a podcast that will change your life. I'm talking about raw, relevant, yet relatable conversations with go-getters, trendsetters, and inspirational figures. Join Leave every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central African time on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and YouTube. Unscripted with Leave. Hi guys, welcome or welcome back to my podcast channel. My name is Olivia Tutu, the host of Unscripted with Leave. Welcome to our video podcast. I'm super excited that we're finally doing video. Now, what better way to start video than with our very own Mr. Blue? <laughs> welcome to Unscripted with Leave. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming through again. Now, I'm super excited because one, I love marketing and two, I feel like you're an interesting person to have a conversation with. But before we get started, I have have two icebreaker questions <laughs> one because my best friend asked me and the okay. other one i just want to know if i was the weird kid when i was growing up most likely but let's see. <laughs> <laughs> okay the first question is what's your favorite color at the moment <laughs> at the mo- <laughs> and, it, and, and funny it actually does change so at the mm-hmm. moment favorite color is actually orange orange um why orange i think it's because of what how it feels and, and it's a very bright color mm-hmm. um but even from a point of you look at red, right? When mm-hmm. you when you see when you see red, how, what does it make you feel like? When people think about danger, danger and all that stuff, yeah. green. If you're in love, you think of love. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're in love, you think of love. Blue is more sky related mm-hmm. too, but I think orange is more for me more um, awareness, yes, aggression in a yeah. way. Mm-hmm. I think it speaks a lot of creativity. So mm-hmm. does yellow in a way as well. But yeah. I feel like the point that I am in life now, I am in a bigger creativity bubble. Mm-hmm. And I think the orange, orange just complements yeah. it. Yeah. Well, my best friend was asking me and I kept on telling her, say, I'm going to have an interview with Mr. Blue. And then it's like, uh, is his favorite color blue? No, and I'm like, no, to just clear say, up the air. Say not this year. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah, this year. But the sister one is actually black always stays Somewhere, yeah, mm-hmm. somewhere my favorite color is black. So I think yeah, it's easy to work around. So wearing a favorite color. Yeah. See, the other question is, what was your least favorite food as a child? Shima. Really? Yeah. Why? I think our Everybody. parents mm-hmm. overdid it. it, it it's, it's like mazoi, you know, like <laughs> mazoi, jolly juice, uh-huh. then comes shima. Like shima. those, yeah, those yeah. three. I think are Zambian staples. So mm. I think we 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 overdid it as a nation. So nice. yeah. I didn't like Kapenta. I was Why? that kid. <laughs> Why? I was that kid Why? who always had no, to no, get no, eggs when they had no, Shima no, okay, and Kapenta. So, Shima even okay guys, let's let's just be honest. Shima is tasteless. It's got no taste. No wonder you get the veggies and so, the so chicken. So what's and the point? To give you the carbohydrates, the, I guess. The, yeah, so do rice. Do rice. Potatoes. Which, yeah. I love potatoes. Anything made out of potatoes, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Now, getting started into the conversation. Yeah. First of all, just for emphasis sake, Mr. Blue is the CEO of Blink Marketing. Yeah. I actually love the name, like Blink. Thank you. If Thank you check you. out the logo, you will absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> now, <right>. oh, <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, um, starting from the very beginning of your journey, yeah. what's that one lesson, like that big lesson that you feel like your parents taught you that has helped shape who you are today? Um, yeah, good question. And, and, and for me, I think the biggest, biggest one has been my dad would always say, it's not your time yet. It's not your time. Mm. I think even the era that we are in now, um, we find a lot of young people trying to compete 
with people who have been in the industry for a long for time. For the long time. Yes, I don't yeah. even mean in terms of like competition company, by all means do that, but more or less of saying, you've seen this guy driving expensive car, you're going to purchase mm-hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. Seen him with a foreigner, yeah, do the same. You've yeah. seen him build a house, mm-hmm. but it's more or less being able to realize and note that um, everything has got its time. Mm-hmm. And understanding, just taking a step back and just yeah. accepting and, you know, like it's not my time yet. My time will come, but it's not my time yet. I think that has oh. taught me a lot of patience mm-hmm. um, as well. <coughs> resilience in some uh, weird ways. So I think that was the yeah. biggest one. Yeah. You know, I absolutely love that because my best friend and I were having a conversation. Well, I have a lot of conversations <laughs> with my best friend. And what I, I think your best friend deserves a name at this point. Now. Oh, her name is Sally. Okay. <laughs> Sally. Hi, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we're basically having a conversation around, you know, how sometimes we want to rush the process. Yeah. You know, you want to do things that someone who's been in the industry for over 12 years, 15 yeah. years is doing now. I mean, it's okay to sort of compete, but also understanding that there's so much you can learn if only exactly. you just have a, exactly. a spirit of humility as compared yeah. to trying to prove a point. Because exactly. now everybody wants to know it all. Everyone wants to know it all. Everyone knows <laughs> everything now. Everyone but yeah, knows, and also <laughs> on that point social media has just also made things worse because mm-hmm. people they, there's a social media life and then there's a real, the life. real life but then you're mm-hmm. trying to then live the real life so the social media way mm-hmm. it, it, how, it how do you then navigate or at least learn to sort of constantly remind yourself to say this is social media not everything I see is real you know yeah and I think maybe it's because or being close to being in the industry itself, mm-hmm. um, we're actually able to tell what's fake and what's real. What's real, yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. um, it, it's 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 not even a hard exercise, really. But yeah. um, through seeing, for me, seeing is believing. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing, interacting, mm-hmm. it's good to just bring yourself back to earth and realize that, okay, there's social media, there's so much going on, yeah. but then there's the real life. And when you mm-hmm. pick the, re- meet these people in real life, it's also a different story. Yeah. And you just realize that social media is just a platform that... Mm-hmm enables them to sell their brand yeah. and then real life is the reality of it. It's, it's like an ad. An ad you see on TV, mm-hmm. then you walk into the store. It's, it's not like it to be this. Yeah, it's, it's completely different. Yeah. Now, I love the fact that you've spoken about personal branding or like branding in general with social media and like real life. Yeah. How then is it important to sort of match the two? Because I feel like the two shouldn't be too far from each other, no, right? Yeah, like true, if I'm going true. to say um, I'm a marketer on social media yeah. and in real life when somebody gives me a job I should be able to execute it True. because I feel like a lot of us young people are too focused on the brand on social media yeah. that the execution is close to zero True. Yeah. True. and that's actually the thing is that with time you may sell your personal brand on social media mm-hmm. well um, may do it well get the number of followers interactions engagement reach yeah. But then if you're not able to do the job, mm-hmm. what you then realize, it would just take one post from someone to say, I got a bad service from this yeah, person and, product and, this, and your brand's Yo. dead. So I think it's actually very important to put more into the groundwork mm-hmm. as it is put into social media. Yeah. So I think it's more or less of, of a 70, 30%. Yeah. yeah, as opposed I, to the other way around. I actually yeah. discovered that with myself because yeah. I kept on saying I'm a social media strategist <laughs> on <laughs> social media. <laughs> Up until a certain brand contacted me and they said, Yo, we want you to work on ABCD. Yeah. And then I realized to say, I literally had to Google almost everything that I was yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I just went to my bio, I dropped it. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's not me. And there's a lot involved. It's a Analytics, lot involved. Blah, yeah, yes, no, yes, no, yes. No, no, now, no, when no. did you discover that you had passion for marketing and you wanted to be a marketing expert? Um, passion, I think, has always been there. Um, mm-hmm. From before university, really. Yeah. Uh, so probably even by the time I was 15, hmm. just being able to see what brands are doing 
was very intriguing. And I went to university. Uh, one of the lectures uh, that I was in, there was a story about McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And for me, that stuck. Like, just how the brand was positioned, how they're able to... Um, uh, kind of have that effective marketing, the mm-hmm. strategies that mm-hmm. came with implementation of them. It was a wow moment and thinking like, okay, there's all these other things that we hear about. There's lawyers, there's doctors, there's mm-hmm. all these, but we don't talk about how the brand is actually then yeah. created. And for me, that was um, a big thing. Creation is a big thing for me. So I think that was the birth of it. Mm, nice. Yeah. I don't think I I knew what I wanted to be when I was 15 or what space. <laughs> was. I mean, I knew, but then I think I wanted to be a journalist growing yeah. up, like from a very young age. But a lot of times my parents would say, oh, no, just something that is prestigious, like be a doctor, be a, doctor. Be a lawyer. Yeah, I had the pushback. You know, yeah, like, I had the pushback yeah. as well. I mean, my parents would tell me like, okay, you want to study marketing? Mm-hmm. Hold on. If it's really your passion... Do, do it after. Do it after. So do accounts and <laughs> yeah. economics, and I did it. Mm-hmm. And when I was done, I'm like, okay, here, here's the degree I'm now pursuing. I'm now pursuing what, what I, I love. Want. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that it didn't uh, work. A lot of people think, okay, whatever you study is what you become. Mm-hmm. But also through studying, studying teaches you a lot of things, whether yeah. it's to do with planning, whether it's mm-hmm. to do with being able to manage different projects at the same time. Yeah. And it's always good to just have a different view or different understanding of a different industry. Yeah. Because then people won't lie to you or you'll be able to just be in a room and contribute positively Positively, as opposed to it just being around one space. Yeah. I remember there's a friend of mine from church who told me to say, when you're in school, you're not just learning whatever you're learning in the lecture theater. There's a lot of things that you get to pick up. Yeah. Even from your cosmetics that you wouldn't have if you were in a different space. True. So I think also, now how how important is, is it for parents to realize that it's not really about what profession you do, but it's more about pursuing what you love and being able to get <laughs> the bag. Because I think I think this is something that I've noticed yeah. probably from my parents as well. I think what parents really want is to just note that their kid is thriving. Like yeah. if they know to say you're able to secure a bag, a house, a car, yeah. and whatever basic needs you want, they don't really care what you do. But Some. <laughs> what Some, is, some mm-hmm. on the title. Like the I remember title, when I when I was a manager yeah. at MTN, mm-hmm. I was a big thing in the house. Manager, manager, <laughs> manager. I'm just like, okay, guys, like, yeah. I appreciate. But if you look at the pay slip, this is what we hear on news of people making so many millions yeah. of quarter. I'm like, mm-hmm. the title is nothing. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. in Zambia, we have this thing of where we carry a lot of meaning and importance to titles, and mm-hmm. we forget about what it actually does for you. Mm-hmm. And it's advice to all Zambians really to say like guys there's the titles yes you can create the titles mm. you can create whatever title yeah. you want if you've got the money if you've got the power to actually mm-hmm. do it so yeah. focus on making the money on making on building the dream mm-hmm. and achieving your goals objectives as opposed to the saying like, I am yeah, yeah I am yeah. this yeah. and uh, ish the title. <laughs> the title. No, we, we love the title. Don't we all love the, we title? Love the title? And But I think also being in the media space the last two years has really shifted how I view stuff yeah. because you find someone on social media or like when you are talking to them online, you feel like they are the big thing or when you see them on social media, you feel like they're the big thing mm-hmm. but you, you discover that the title they have as compared to what they're making is very less. Yeah. And now some people get into the pressure of wanting to live up to the lifestyle that they they portrayed the on social media yeah. or the title. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm the CEO, so I have to do ABC I have to do this. Yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, um, you are now in the entrepreneurial space, in the business space, but mm. before then you were in the corporate space. Yeah. When did you get in the corporate space and how was it like? Corporate? Yeah. Corporate um, has pretty much been since... I would say 21. 21. Yeah, so I was Almost doing like... Early. Yeah, very, very early. I think I started anything yeah. to do with my career quite early. Um, 
I used to do some work uh, for a company called Sainarama, though here once. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they, they closed, but I was in the UK. So whenever I'd close for school, I would go there, do like internship and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, come back, um, put the money in something else, wait for the return. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, fortunately, I found a job at MTN. Mm-hmm. So I was at MTN for quite some time. Yeah. And Were you then, doing marketing? Yes. So doing marketing and all areas of, I think I've done all years of marketing for business intelligence to research to product mm-hmm. to strategy to the works customer experience yeah. and i really moved around to events also mm-hmm. sponsorships yeah. so it was i was fortunate because then i became a manager when i was 23 going on 24 wow so that was a big thing but it was okay. at least i was young enough then to go around and experience different jobs and mm-hmm. different departments yeah. uh so that was the beginning. Really, I would say corporate would start maybe twenty two uh, officially, past mm-hmm. like the whole internship program. So yeah, internship yeah. would like maybe twenty twenty one. So I think from twenty two was when I started. Mm. Um, yeah. And and how corporate. was it like in the space? It was again being fortunate because the company I worked for at the time was very. Um, they they welcomed ideas from young people mm-hmm. and they loved the energy that young people actually brought into an organization. So. Yeah. A, 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 a lot of support um, but I think in the corporate space also there's also realizing that okay the the creativity only ends at a certain point you can also put in as much as you want and own your schedule but there's a lot that you have to abide to when it comes to company policies yeah. regulations ways mm-hmm. of doing things what's treated as important even if you know it won't work mm-hmm. and what's not treated yeah. as important so it's it's it was very interesting a lot to learn in a very short mm-hmm. period of time nice i love that and you were in the in a space where there was a lot of regulations a lot of do's and don'ts a lot of you know corporate branding and stuff like that but Mm. now you've shifted from that space into your own space where you basically do whatever you want yeah you know how is it (laughs) well not with with some guidelines (laughs) with some guidelines yes how is it how's how's the transitioning been from the corporate space to being the ceo and literally having everybody work under you it's been i think there's been there's been a lot of note taking i think when i told myself so from empty and then i moved to zanako yeah so when i moved to zanako i told myself i'm here for four to five years and thereafter i'm building my own thing so it was set and i was just kept on planning towards it and one of the things that um i did was take note so Mm -hmm. i was fortunate to work with like to work under two ceos um at the time who were magnificent and Mm -hmm. able to just show me like okay if you are going to be MD, if you are going to be CEO or leading yeah. an organization, these are the things of importance to put into place. Even MTN, uh, fortunate to also work with a few CEOs closely and a yeah. few other executives. So from a leadership point, that was of huge benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into now the entrepreneur space, yeah. I think I have um, almost, there's a blank canvas, mm-hmm. but even as much as it is a blank canvas, there's still direction, there's still focus is to drive there's still a lot of pieces that I've picked out from organizations that have managed to be successful mm-hmm. and apply it into my, uh, my in, in, into my business mm-hmm. and I think that has also fast tracked the way that we've grown as a small business yeah. um, as opposed to starting from scratch with all things that you need to learn mm-hmm. some things I've already learned so it is for most of it or some of it is most mostly like a plug and play yeah Yeah. i actually love the sound of that i think a lot of us young people are in a rush to becoming ceo to owning your own thing and stuff Ah, like that but i think i'm a strong believer of sort of belonging to a community or belonging to a space where you get to learn or like serve under someone Mm. because i think the level of experience a lot of the level of exposure and even connection that you will get is sort of different from 
from like what you would have gotten if you just started out on your own True. i feel like if you're getting True. out of employment and you start your own thing you're probably starting at 30 and the person who's getting from straight from university and starting their stuff is starting from zero yeah. you know yeah. so yeah. how how important would you say it is for one to first have a feel of employment before they start doing their own thing or is it even important really <laughs> it's it's tricky um it's tricky in, in the sense that i i also feel like there are so many businesses out there mm-hmm. that have made that are making a killing and that are properly situated and successful mm-hmm. without having the founder or ceo yeah. going on the corporate side mm-hmm. um but i feel like with every organization the key is also expansion Mm -hmm. so if you're looking at expanding and competing with brands that are international in your own country before you even get outside Mm -hmm. you need to have the international quality Mm -hmm. so unfortunately we're still at a point where smes are still developing they've they've reached quite like like credit to love smes in zambia we've Mm -hmm. we've grown yeah um but we haven't yet grown to a point where now you have we're competing with the international guys. International it's there in some, on some levels, yeah. but mm-hmm. we're still lagging behind. What the corporate world does in terms of exposure for a person is mm-hmm. it gives you the necessary tools yeah. and path or direction mm-hmm. that is needed for you to actually get there. So it's kind of like a jump start. Mm-hmm. It may not work for everyone, um, but I would still encourage it for most because you, you will go out with something that will be of value to your business that you will not be able to get from an international mm-hmm. front. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And of course, while you're tuned into Unscripted with Leave, make sure you're sipping on some good cup of coffee, tea, water, juice, or whatever beverage best suits your needs. Okay. And if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, like, share with two of your favorite people. Okay? Now, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on yeah. to... Getting back. What she said. Yeah. <laughs> what you said. And well, I'm so sorry we didn't offer you anything. No, but we're gonna do better next no, time when no you time. come through. Saliva is the best. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now would be, you but yeah. Okay, um tell me a little bit about the uncertainties that come with entrepreneurship. I think when people are getting into formal employment or employment in general, I think one of the things they try to run away from is uncertainty and also just knowing to say you have the security with or without you getting the job done in a way. So how have you dealt with the uncertainties that come with entrepreneurship? Okay. Um, I think that was one of the things that probably made me um, have sleepless nights. <laughs> it was like, yeah, like to your point, it's not every day that, you know, every month that you put in the same amount of work and then get paid. Sometimes yeah. you go over and you should be paid more. Sometimes you perform under and should be paid less. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's where the additional energy and drive is needed because entrepreneurship game is literally what you put in is what you, what get. you get out. Yeah. So um, dealing with it, I, I think has been, I mean, there are months when a business does good. Mm-hmm. Once business does not do too good. I'll give you just a general snapshot in terms of Zambia. Um, your January, February, March is when business is generally slow. It's mm-hmm. picking up because budgets have just come in for most corporates. They're still dealing with the strategies. They're still yeah. implementing a few strategies. So that that's expected. But as the year actually builds up, you need to be ready for the builder. Mm-hmm. And when the year dies down, you need to be ready for the for the downtime. So yeah. it's it's kind of preparing mm-hmm. and planning. So there's a whole lot more planning that I do, whether it's from a financial perspective, whether it's mm-hmm. do with the team. There's a lot of planning, a lot of systems that we put in place just so that we're able to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm i now being... I want to ask what it's like being a CEO now. 
<laughs> because I mean, there's a lot of planning and there's, yeah, a lot, there's a lot. But like, just the thought of knowing to say everything that is involved with Blink is literally your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. How do you deal with that? First of all, I, I, I shift the responsibility. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, these are a lot of elements. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. um, this one here you go, this one here you go, mm-hmm. this one here you go, and um, having a responsible agile team also is very, very important, important yeah, yeah. because then you're passing on as a CEO your responsibilities to, to the next person, to the next person. Mm-hmm. so my heads my execs need to be in the right frame in the right mind mm-hmm. also to actually deal with the pressure because we're dealing with it together um, it doesn't take just a CEO to build a company it takes mm-hmm. like an entire team an entire organization mm-hmm. so uh, that's what I believe so for me it's more or less being able to um delegate mm-hmm. but before I delegate I also understand what mm-hmm. I'm delegating and yeah. I also make sure the person who's receiving the delegated work understands what they need to do I equipped as well with the skills mm-hmm. and are also able to deliver so for yeah. me that's yeah, very key now I mean I know it's 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 a marketing company right yeah. and probably the first thought that someone would have is Oh, it's basically a group of marketers doing stuff. But then I also realized that you have the financial aspect, financial you have aspect. the administrative yeah, aspect and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So can anybody really work for a marketing company? Or maybe they specifically <laughs> just want, you've got to have a marketing degree or you've got to have passion no. for marketing. Or maybe you guys need accountants, no, you yeah. need administrators, you need... You know, accountants and stuff like that. Like it's a whole round team. It's 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 all round team. Um, mm-hmm. and I think like every organization, you also need to know um what skill sets are actually required. So mm-hmm. the normal structure is you have your marketing departments, mm-hmm. you have your finance departments, you have yeah. your legal department. Mm-hmm. Um, some have the operations, maybe under admin. Um, some have sales. So. Yeah. You partition things based on also what are the needs of your business, but also what are the needs of your clients and also what needs to be treated with more um, uh, priority. So for for us, we don't say like, oh, you need to be a marketer in order for you to <laughs> come work for us. Do, yeah. We actually do want the best of the best in each and every department or division. Mm-hmm. So be it in finance, we want the person who's actually best skilled for it, mm-hmm. um, whether it's operations, yeah. whether it's client service, whether yeah. it's graphics, whether it's campaigns, execution, activation. So we... Um, uh, look at yeah, who's, what is the best skill mm-hmm. set, but also are you teachable? Also, is actually a very big thing for yeah. us. So, um, are you creative? Yes, and you may have the skill, and you don't know much about marketing, but if you're teachable, you'll be able to know. To learn, um, yeah, yeah be able to learn. You can't source for something that you don't understand. So mm-hmm. people will come um, work for the organization, work, work for the company, mm-hmm. and they get indoctrinated into it. They need to know how we operate. Yeah. Um, what are the do's and don'ts? Um, what kind of energy there is? What kind of values we have? Are you for the values? Yeah. What's our mission, vision? Just so they also then align to what mm-hmm. we're also trying to achieve. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the fact that you say different organizations require different skill sets because yeah. I think sometimes when you are literally living by the book, you feel yeah. like this is how everything should be. And so you get to hire someone who is not even relevant for the type of needs that your organization have. Yeah. Now, what are some of the things that one should put in place as they get into the entrepreneurial space or even as they try to create a business of their own mm, I'll be a bit biased on this side because of the, <laughs> the field that I'm in yeah but um marketing yeah marketing <laughs> but yeah if you're and and it's not even to say that everyone should market their company loud or anything mm-hmm. no just have um 
an identity uh, the same way that people look for an identity in an individual yeah your brand or your company should have its own identity um what what's the name of your company for starters is it registered mm-hmm. uh what does it look like uh mm-hmm. brand from a brand point of view yeah. what colors do you work with why the colors what's your mission what's your vision mm-hmm. what does your company profile look like is it is it um a company profile that when you leave people are always thinking okay wow that's actually a good company that's mm-hmm. that's like what's your elevator pitch as yeah. um as uh, as an organization so have mm-hmm. an elevator pitch because you don't know who you're going to meet yeah. uh but position yourself well in the market mm-hmm. study the market a lot of people just think okay i need to do a body shop type of company therefore i'm going to do it in z but mm-hmm. wait do your research and figure yeah. out what is the market like mm-hmm. um is it the best product to actually get into at this particular time. So a lot of people just yeah, follow your dreams, yeah. yes, but sometimes also by realizing that maybe you need um something else before you get to your dream. Mm-hmm. Or maybe your dream is not meant for this province Democratic. or this country mm-hmm. also. Then have the guts to say I'm moving to Zimbabwe, I'm moving oh, to Botswana, okay. I'm moving because to Because you want to follow your dreams. Because you want to follow your dreams. That's what. Okay. Yeah. Or it, it's got to be a very good dream for yeah, you to actually does. have to move from a province or from a city or from a country. Now, you're speaking about elevator pitch, vision, mission, and stuff like that. Now, what if I'm this young person who wants to get into the shoe business? Like, yeah. you know, it's like, because nowadays it's like, you just feel like, okay, I need a thousand kwacha or whichever amount is needed for you to order things from China. And then before you know it, you're selling stuff online. So, I mean, should that be put into consideration as well for somebody who's just starting out because... yeah. Okay. I think so. And, and I always look at it from from a point of um I'll give no more example. If you're going to uh Lusaka to Cobra Belt mm-hmm. in a week's time. Yeah. Um you start to plan, right? So mm-hmm. it's like one way in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh I need to buy this, I need to buy that. I need yeah, to yeah. if you're flying, you book a ticket. If you're going by a bus, okay, when do you buy your bus ticket? If mm-hmm. you're driving, okay, you need to make sure I have enough money and to put gas. You know, there's that planning process. Yeah. But there's always a destination in mind. So some people may start say, okay, it's just like a side hustle. Mm-hmm. But everyone has that point when they realize that their side hustle is outgrowing them and it's becoming a business. Mm-hmm. When you reach that point where you know your side, your side hustle is outgrowing you and it's becoming a business is when now you yeah. need to think about where is the business actually growing because you're, mm-hmm. you're now moving from being a side hustle to now being an actual an business. Actual business. So then what is the goal of that business? Where do you want to end up as a business mm-hmm. and then begin to now put the pieces together that yeah. enable you to have a business? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Now, um, I I understand to say a lot of successful people and a lot of CEOs read a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah is not convincing. Do you read? <laughs> yeah, no, they do. I'm 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 more of a um I audiobooks are my my thing. Mm. So I listen to audiobooks um, yeah. morning, evening, afternoon. Yeah, audiobooks mm. I think I'm more yeah. of, I I do read books. Um, Every once in a while. But I listen to a lot more audiobooks mm. than I do actually read books. So if uh, you were to recommend a book, what mm. book would you recommend and why? Uh, I'll, I'll say two. Mm. Um, one would be Outliers. Oh. Yeah, best book. I think. Uh, I started it, book. but I didn't finish. No, you need to finish it. <laughs> but I, I won't finish it. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that one I actually read. That one I actually got the book and read. And, and these are mm-hmm. the two books are books I actually read and not listened to the audio. Yeah. Um, the other one is um, Shoe Dog. So Shoe mm-hmm. Dog is based off the Nike journey. Mm-hmm. Um, how it became a brand, mm-hmm. or rather, from from the same thing we're actually talking about about being um, a hustle into a business into yeah. this big now conglomerate that everyone knows about. Yeah. Um, outliers pretty much just outlines um, the fact that 
yeah, there's opportunity and there's all this that people actually do go through as a business or in the corporate world, but also there are the hours that you have to put in. So mm-hmm. it says that the average expert in a particular field needs mm-hmm. to put in at least 10,000 hours to become wow. brilliant. That's how many years? Too many. <laughs> <laughs> That's too many years. That's like, uh-huh. I think last time I calculated, it was like you doing nothing but what you're supposed to be doing for 16 years continuously Sleep. without sleeping. Yeah. Which is, which is practically impossible. impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's 10,000 hours. But if you look at people like Serena Williams, mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton, yeah. Tiger Woods, is the people who started from the age of like six. So for them, if you look at, if it does take 16 years, yeah. six, okay, plus, plus, uh, just say it takes 20 years. Mm-hmm. At 26, 26, you're a beast. Yeah. And that's what's happening now. Mm-hmm. Your Mbappe's, your Messi's, mm-hmm. your Ronaldo's all yeah. go through that. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not too late to start to invest into your 10,000 hours, mm-hmm. but the key is to start. Start now. Just to start, yeah. Start now. Now, what's that one fun thing that CEOs do? Because I feel like a lot of times when you're thinking of CEOs, it just feels like it's a lot of work, sleepless nights, meetings yeah. and whatnot. But I feel like you guys have lives, right? Yeah, a lot. Right? Not too many. <laughs> so, what's the one thing you do that's fun despite you being in a tight space as a CEO? Mm, um, funny enough, I think what I regard as fun nowadays is <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm told a lot of adults sleep for fun. I hope you're not. Yeah, no, 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 no. I actually <laughs> think sleeping is boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, time with my son mm-hmm. is is he, he he can never be boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the second one would be anything outdoorsy, like um, shooting range, mm-hmm. playing with quad bikes, mm-hmm. fishing. How often do outdoors. you do that? Uh, at least, well, it used to be every weekend, but that changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I, th- I would say once a month at least. Once a month. At yeah, least. just oh, go out and great. just experience. Even if I'm just sitting outdoor space. That's, that's good for you. That's, that's fun. Enough. Yeah. Ah, okay. Now, what's the one question you wished I asked, but I didn't? And how would you answer it? Uh, one question you would have asked. Um, hmm. I think it would be. Um, Will a Zambian business mm-hmm. be successful on international on an international front? Mm-hmm. And um, how would you answer that? I'd say yes, mm-hmm. and I would say that companies blink. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. But okay, what if there's somebody who's who's listening or watching right now, and yeah. they feel like you know what? I also want my business or my company to 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 dominate on an international market. Mm. How would you advise them to go about that? Because um, I feel like yeah. we we need to grow together as Zambians, right? Yeah, no, no, and no, then we put do. it on we the do. map together. We do, we do. and mm-hmm. and I think, um, well, and unfortunately, it's also it's not as easy to start a business in Zambia. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of elements of the market are against an entrepreneur, but at, at the same time, a lot of them are also for for the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, growth is. Growth is a harder part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like growth is a harder part, but starting is the easy part. So you mm-hmm. you start, we'll start. If you look at Parker, check how many businesses actually yes, registered. There's a there's, lot. There's a lot. <laughs> but how many, how many of them have grown? Have grown? Yeah. yeah how many of them have grown? And yeah. I think it's also in the same way like individuals. Mm-hmm. We are, we exist, but how, how many of us grow to a certain yeah. point? How many of us mature? How many of us even get past a certain age? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, um, there's a lot of resilience that's needed, yeah. um, a lot of grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you mentioned, even reading. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also changing your circles. You can't always be in an environment where you are not with people who are like-minded. So surround yourself with people who are also businessmen and women. Yeah. Because you need to learn from them. Um mm-hmm. Businessmen yeah. and women who want to grow want as to well. Because yeah, there are yeah. people who are just no, but no, okay but funny Mm-hmm. Even visit those whose companies are actually closed mm-hmm. because then you realize what not to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So visit those co- companies are closed. Those companies are growing, have grown tremendously. Mm-hmm. But also we need to move from the part of thinking like you need to own the business entirely throughout. Mm-hmm. Like even years past, in order for you to grow, you need capital. Yeah. yeah so yeah. growing, let's say, into Zimbabwe, is, uh, New York, even Botswana or whatever it is, you need some form of startup capital because they're moving into a different region. Yeah. But then it's not always loans that get you that money. It's mm-hmm. not always borrowing money. Sometimes you can sell part of your organization, you your company, mm-hmm. in order for you to grow. Mm-hmm. And you're better off owning 50% of a business that's in four countries as opposed mm-hmm. to 100% of a business that's, that's only in Zambia. Zambia, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's more or less mindset. Um, look at how many shares uh, Elon Musk has in Tesla. Um Mark Zuckerberg in Facebook, like these guys have less than fifty percent, mm-hmm. yeah, but they're still there as majority. Yeah, some have ten yeah. percent, mm-hmm. yeah, some have five percent, but they're mm-hmm. still there as majority share. Just to show you that we we need to start to think different. Mm-hmm. Um, also, gain exposure. Exposure. So get out. I mean, I'm all for studying. Yeah, you can study, but don't study till mm-hmm. you can study anymore. <laughs> don't like have right. a part of PhD. Get the actual exposure. Get the actual exposure. The actual experience. Go into mm-hmm. the international market and see what's actually out there, um, mm-hmm. so that you know where you are going. Like the same example I gave about going to Ndola. If you've been there before, then you know what route to actually take, mm-hmm. or you know what to expect. So, yeah. and you know what, what the market is like. So, if let's say there's there's a service that you do, that's not there, you, you know what to carry. So, yeah. in the same way that if you're looking at going into Botswana, Zimbabwe, New mm-hmm. York, visit, explore, know what's there, know what's not there, come back, re-strategize, and, and see what, what to take. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely love that, especially when you speak about like you're better off owning twenty percent of a company that's like. Yeah. worldwide as compared to like 100% of a company that's in Zambia. Exactly. I think that also gets back to the whole idea of also seeking collaboration even as you start yeah. because a lot of us, I don't know if it's just me, but most of the people that I've encountered in Zambia want to be the ones that did it. Like I was the first. I'm yeah, the owner. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, the, yeah, you know, like yeah, you just want to get everything first, to or, your name. Or, or, or the youngest. Like yeah, you yeah, youngest. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of people are, are struggling with the GZM, yeah. which is yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, I absolutely love that. Now we've come to the end of the episode, but oh, before sad. I let you go, is it? Is so it? Sad. Do you want to stay? Yeah, let's stay another hour. Because <laughs> I have a lot more questions. <laughs> yeah, now, um, when, what's that one thing you did? This is something that I always ask um, my guests. Yeah. What's that one thing you did when you were young that you feel has contributed massively to who you are today? Mm, I dared myself a lot. Mm. Um, I remember my first dare, actually, weird enough. Mm-hmm. I was probably f- seven or six, mm-hmm. somewhere there, and um, or younger, uh, but still about this high. So, mm-hmm. those, you know those drums where we store like water in, right? Yeah. So, it was one of those drums at home. <laughs> so, it was full of water. Yeah. So, I told myself, okay, I need to jump in, but... And I need to uh, squat all the way down and then find my way out of it. Wow. And by then, I don't think swimming was a thing. So I did myself to actually get in. <laughs> so yeah, by then, I don't think I knew how to swim. I think yeah. I knew how to swim maybe like a year uh-huh. or two after. So I jumped in and um, went down like to the bottom and then like came up again. I think there was that point where I knew my hands couldn't reach. So I had to like jump up and then hold it. Yeah. So there was a high did. chance that I would have drowned. Wow. So I did. Remember times also when we would like, there was like 
visiting like relatives or maybe like a ditch mm-hmm. would dare each other to jump over and yeah. see a cousin broke a leg unfortunately but still wow. there, there was <laughs> what uh, mm-hmm. came about was a daring mentality yeah. um just daring to dream daring to actually do things mm-hmm. when i left the corporate world it was a it was a dare was a and dare. it was a shock uh to family mm-hmm. to co-workers to yeah it, it was it was a huge shock but it was still a day and i feel like for me constantly daring yourself and just yeah taking the risk calculated risk sometimes calculated, calculated risk. risk please yeah, calculated calculated risk. even the yeah. example i give about the thing i was calculating say, okay, i need to do this need to do that then get out but, yeah you had but, a whole strategy in place strategy, yeah, but, yeah I, I, I absolutely love that because i think when you dare yourself, you discover to say there's a lot of endless possibilities yeah, in life and there's yeah. a lot of things that life has to offer. But if you're just comfortable in one space, it's sort of hard for you to actually experience life to True. its fullest True. form. True. Yeah. Now, when all is said and done, what's that one thing you want to be remembered for? Um, as Bluseke, as Bluseke. Bluseke. I mm. said the name correctly. Yes, spot on. <laughs> uh, spot on. And yeah. I think the one thing is um, that he shaped... Um, the way business should be done in Zambia or in Africa. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest. I I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you want to be remembered for something that encompasses all humanity, which which is beautiful. Thank you so much for coming through. We've come to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening or watching up until the end. This has been Olivia Tutu. And I also want to say thank you to our partners uh, for this particular episode. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this with two of your favorite people. And like I say, I'm going to say it again. I don't want to be known for them against. I don't want to be known for them for. And I am for people, regardless of who you are. I love you, but God loves you more. See you next week, sometime, someplace. Bye.